Did you have a good drive here this morning? Half of you did, half of you didn't. Has anybody drove in Fairview Heights lately? It puts my sanctification to the test driving in unreasonable traffic. I do not like being at a stoplight and a whole line of traffic and you're way back and you see the light turn green and then the first car pauses and they take off, the car behind them pauses and then they take off and then by the time you get up there, the light's turned red again. (laughs) My theory is when the light turns green, everybody hits the gas at the same time. Right? Light turns green, everybody moves right on through. And that would bring peace to this time of year. (laughs) Or at least help in that moment. Everybody wants peace, don't they? If you don't, you are a goofball. Has anybody ever watched the Miss Universe pageant or Miss America? I haven't watched it in years. But you know what the old cliche is that they would ask them a question of what they want to accomplish in life or what they would like to see happen. What is it they always say? I want world peace. Have you ever met anybody like that where they're just... And God bless them, but they're just gung-ho, and they're like, I'm going to change the world. Yeah, I'm going to do it too. (laughs) Just watch. Uh, I got big plans for this next year. And I would have to ask that person too, what are you doing today? What's your plan? What's your plan to make a change? Today... We're going to accomplish three things. So there is a pen sitting in front of you. And if you don't have a pen, you can grab one of those. If you're sitting in the front row, then I would suggest you turn around and grab one from behind you if you don't have one. But I'm going to give you three things that can help us to change the way we think. It isn't a whole lot of writing. These are very short things that you'll need to write down. Three things that can help us change the way we think, and then also three things that can help us to change the way we act. So, if you would humor me and play along with my shenanigans, and um, we'll get through this. So, if you would turn to your Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and I know this sounds like a lot of reading, but it's verse 1 through 13. Philippians 4, verse 1 through 13. If I sound a little funny, I've had an ear infection, so I've been on amoxicillin, that didn't work, so they put me on augmentin. Um, if that doesn't work, I, I don't know what they'll do. They'll, maybe they'll just go out and beat me with a club. 
Mark Miller's back in children's church. He's had the same thing. He said he feels like he's in a bathtub underwater. So here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Who writes the book of Philippians? Paul does, the Apostle Paul. And it's actually a letter to the church at Philippi. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Paul had a special, he had, he had planted many churches through there. His work had went out and he had planted different churches, but it just, I don't know, I kind of get the feeling that he had this special relationship with the church of Philippi. Because he says, he refers to him as my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for. It's almost like going home, him writing this, but he is writing this actually from prison. My joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. He's in prison and he's telling them to stand firm. Verse two, I plead with you, Euodia, and I plead with you, Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. He's saying, I plead with these two women to be in the same mind in the Lord. What you have is you have Euodia and Syntyche not getting along. This is actually a church fight. Euodia and Syntyche. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. These aren't just two women that are in the middle of a fight. These are two women who are both serving God, both saved, both sanctified, set apart for God's service, both of them contending for the fight in the gospel, both of them doing a good work, but yet they're still having a disagreement amongst them. And Paul is telling them he wants them to be of the same mind in unity. There's a term, agree to disagree. Have you ever heard that? Two people not getting along or having, not even that, having differences of opinion and they come to a conclusion that I will agree to disagree. If you can agree to disagree with somebody, you have one thing in common. You agree to disagree. At least you have that in common. Now, if you flip that around and you disagree to agree, you have nothing in common. And you may say, George, I have already summarized that you are full of it. What's the difference between the two? I'll tell you the difference between the two. Attitude. If we can agree to disagree, that's the right attitude, right? Two different attitudes. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Don't we all want peace? I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you la at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In some versions, you may know this last verse is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A lot of times when we hear that verse in modern days now, we think of sports, don't we? Or different things. <clears throat> in this case, Paul is making this statement, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And Paul isn't winning a basketball, he's not shooting a free throw at a basketball game, or he's not in a football game, he's in prison. And these are hard times, hard times. But what he's saying is with God's help, I can get through anything. Because life has a lot of ups and downs. There is no promises that things are just going to be smooth sailing all the time. We're going to have good times and we're going to have tough times, but through him, we can endure all things and he will give us the strength. All right, you got your pens ready? Three things to change the way we think. The first thing, this is really hard. God is near. Write that down. God is near. Do you know that? God is always near. Whenever Abraham and Isaac were heading up the mountain and Abraham is getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, his son, he's getting ready to sacrifice him. And I have to think the human side of him is thinking, God, you got to come through big time you got because this is getting right down to the bone. And he's thinking, God, if you're here, I need some answers. But you know what? God was very near because to the top of that mountain, right before Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, there appeared a ram in the, caught in the thicket by his horns. And God provided the sacrifice and Isaac was saved. God is near. Even whenever we don't know it or we don't feel it, God is right here. He is always near to us. 
Number two, God hears us. Verse number six, whenever you look down through there that we just read, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God hears our prayers. Back several years ago, I worked in distribution and I was living the American dream. I had great aspirations that someday through hard work and through continued diligence and learning and leadership, I would finally make it to the level of lower middle management in logistics. Isn't that the American dream? And I was, I was coming to church and I was praying, God, you know, this is what I want in life. God was near and he heard me. But you know, sometimes what, what, what we want him to give us is not what he thinks that we need. Because it wasn't, but days later, most of you have heard this story before. My family went to the third day concert at Godstock, but I opted to go and put soffit on a house. And I was up about 20 feet in the air and I fell and broke my neck. And I couldn't feel anything from the neck down. Flies buzzing all over my face. And if you've, you can't comprehend what it's like to not feel anything. That's why you can't go by feelings. But flies and mosquitoes buzzing around your head in 90 degree weather and you're trying to swat them and you want your arm to move, but you can't. We just had great praise and worship in here a while ago, but I'm gonna tell you what, I had the best praise and worship right there on the ground because what I chose to do was I had to either choose to curse God or praise him, and I chose to praise him in that storm. I couldn't lift my arms, I couldn't move my feet, but yet I chose to praise him, and I cried out to him saying, thank you, O Lord, for my family, thank you for all that you've done for me, and I mean, I was just having a shout out Sunday morning hallelujah time, but I couldn't even move. Now that's not, I'm not trying to put myself up here. What I'm doing is I'm putting God up here. God was very near to me right then. But God is always near to us. But I needed him so bad right then. And he was hearing from me. And I was just saying, God, I'm going to love you no matter what. Because in the back of my mind, I thought you're going to, be paralyzed from the neck down. I kept praising him, and then all of a sudden, my big toe went boing, and I could feel it, just my big toe. And then the next thing you know, I could feel feeling coming up my one leg, and then up my other, and then through my whole body, I was getting some feeling, and it was great to have feeling 
but now it hurt. Before I wasn't in any pain, now it's in pain. But I knew whenever I had that little bit of feeling, I thought, you've got a chance. The paramedics got there. They got there and they saw me laying down there. I was praising God. I was speaking in tongues. (laughs) They thought I was nuts. Just thought I was delirious. That's okay. Um, I ended up walking out of the hospital that night, went to the St. Louis the next day. They got me in there, and the surgeon said that they did another MRI, and they called in all the surgeons in that department, and they said, there's no reason why this man should be walking. They said, he's a miracle. Because his spinal cord's about in two. Said, we got to get him into surgery. So they did surgery and they did the rest of the work and they took off where God had finished up. But he spared my life there. He had a different plan for me. If I was, if I would have got my wish, my prayer that I was praying, I'd be stuck in lower middle management at a logistics firm, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's great, but I wouldn't be here right now. I promised you something epic a few weeks ago, and we did a cheesy little song thing, I need you, man, and you need me, and that's true. I do need you, but I'll tell you what, you need me too. We need each other, and we need God. We need the Holy Spirit to show up in this place, and he was here today, and he's here right now. He's amongst us. God is near. He hears us. The third thing to write down, God guards. God guards our hearts and minds. God guards our hearts and minds. If you'll look at verse 7 down here, it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, transcends all understanding even when it doesn't even make sense. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God guards our hearts and minds. Now, don't take this out of context. Some people may say, well, why didn't God guard you from breaking your neck, bro? Well, that's not what it's saying because good times are going to come and bad times are going to come. But he's guarding my heart and my mind so that I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is near, God hears us, God guards our hearts and minds in Christ. That's the three things we can do that God will help us to change the way we think. Now, three things to change the way that we act. You ready for this? Because this is revolutionary. Number one, pray. 
When we look back in verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Whenever we pray, that is one of the ways that we communicate with God, isn't it? When we pray, whenever we read his word, we communicate with God. It's a relationship thing. God is near. He is not way up here. We think of him sometimes like in outer space, but God is right here amongst us as well. He's everywhere. Pray, talk to him. God, help me to act differently. Number two, think. Think before you speak. You may say, George, what are we supposed to think about? Well, in verse 8, it tells us whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Careful what you think about, because what you think about tends to be the direction that you go. A wise man once told me, a tree tends to fall in the direction that it leans. Think before you speak. <clears throat> you ever been really, really, really mad at somebody? I mean, really ticked off at them. And you think, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. And you, you take it out and you got this piece of your mind right here. Man, you're just ready to let them have it. <laughs> and you... You're a good Christian, but man, I am ready to let them have it. Think about this. What do I think about? Is it true? Well, yeah, it's true. I'm going to give it to them too. It's true. Is it noble? Well, it could be. Is it right? Yes, I am right. I am absolutely right. To the T. Is it admirable? Well, the way I was going to put it, it may not be. <laughs> is it lovely? No. Is it pure? Mm -mm. Then maybe I need to put that piece of my mind back in and not let it out yet. Think about it first before I let it out. Pray think before you speak, and here's the third one, practice. In verse 9, it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Who wants peace in here? Good. We're all on the right track. Pray, think, practice. Practice being an example for Christ. Change the way you think and change the way we act. And I'll tell you what, unity and that move towards unity will come upon this place with the blessing and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and our church will be restored once again.
Give yourselves a hand, Orchardville, and give God a hand. If the musicians would go ahead and come. Every week before I preach, I start getting nervous. And so I walk through the halls and I walk up and down the aisles and I walk through the seats and I'm praying and I touch as many of the seats as I can and I walk in front of the altar and I'm praying and no, it's not something heebie-jeebie or anything like that. But I've got this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, and it's a walk. And so I just try to remove myself out of it. And I say, you know, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take over, completely consume my life, and that you would completely consume the lives of those here in this church. Not so we can say that we are good or that we are better or anything else, but we are a church that's committed to spreading the love of Jesus Christ to our community and around the world. And it's only by the power in you that we can do that and that we can play this small role in it. And so as I've walked through here and asked for the Holy Spirit to continue to dwell among us, I pray that you would do the same. We can't all agree on that, can't we? <clears throat> if you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would like to introduce you to him. And he would like to become your Savior. As they play, if you all would stand, any needs that anybody has, these altars are open. And we would love to pray with you as they play.